0: We're going to celebrate all month long and see what the Lord has for us. Our service times are going to be broken up just a little bit, and we've got a a lot going on in the month of December, and I'm excited about this month. I'm excited about what we're celebrating, uh, the reason for our celebration. I'm excited about what's going on in the kingdom of God and in the sanctuary. Amen. Thank you to each one of you all. That chose to be in this place this morning, and you are sensitive to the Holy Ghost. And this morning we're going to step outside our normal discipleship course, and I want to minister what I feel the Lord's been dealing with me for a handful of days on, and try to try to uh, gear up for a brand new year. I I, I don't know about you, uh, some of you, some people just see one day as another and then one month as the other month and one year is another year but for me I like to look forward to a brand new year and I like to look forward to a brand new start a brand new day and uh, someone said that we're born again every day what are we going to do with this day and this morning it's early morning it's our morning session and we have an opportunity to do something wonderful today and experience something wonderful today amen everybody had a cup of coffee everybody feeling good right Uh, You're awake, and ready to go. Uh, Somebody said that before they leave Knoxville, they get two shots of espresso, and they're good to Claiborne County. So, uh, is that correct, Brother (laughs) Rammel? Amen. So, hopefully, uh, you feel like you've had two shots of espresso, and you're ready to go this morning. We're going to have a good time in the Holy Ghost. As Brother Morgan already mentioned, tremendous time at NYC we averaged on children's uh, services and kids quest on evening services we averaged about 225 students uh, which is quite a few uh, anybody ever dealt with one <laughs> amen and uh, had had good participation in with the parents and uh, and if you've ever dealt with Two hundred twenty-five children. You know that you need good cooperation with parents, and uh, we 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 were uh, blessed this this year. Had several get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and some of them were just uh, you 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 get them going, and and you can't get them stopped. Sometimes, uh, even after majority of them were picked up, we still had parents in there praying at the altar with their children, and uh, they're they're praying for the Holy Ghost, praying for be blessed. So had a great time, and it's growing going forward, and that's what I like to see. This morning, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to the book of Psalm chapter 11, verse 3. This probably is very familiar uh, to you, but as we start to go into a brand new year, begin to go into a brand new year, uh, I really want some things to be established in all of our hearts, and I think it is in this group that's in here. I want to establish some things into the life of the people that it's okay to come to church when you've got a problem. You say, well, that's obvious. I agree. But how often does somebody, when they're having problems or difficulties, stay home from church? Not you, but how often across America do people stay home when they're having a problem? And I want to establish things in our heart to remind us when we're having a problem, the house of God is exactly where we need to be. In this room today, we've got very intelligent people, but not one of you are as intelligent as all of us. We need one another, we need this established in our heart. When I'm going through a problem, I've got to get to the house of the Lord. When things are a little shaky in my world, i got to get into the world where other people are that's got a sure foundation and they're not shaky. Things aren't shaking in their world. i got to get around something stable, something that is going to give me some stability. And I believe that's what the church is doing in this last day. I believe that we are in the last day. I believe that this world that we're living in today is much different than the world my grandparents lived in as they grew up. But we're still the church, and the Lord said, the gates of hell shall not prevail. And God still counting. Think about this. When God wanted to speak to Pharaoh, he used Moses. Whenever he wanted to speak to, to the king of Israel, he would use Elijah. Whenever he wanted to speak to the high-ranking government officials of Rome, he would use the apostle Paul. Today, He's still using people to speak to this world because God still has an agenda. He still has a platform. He still has a purpose for the church to be in this, in this day. If not, He would rapture us home. We have a plan. We have a purpose. We have a motive. We have an agenda. And we need to be busy about the kingdom of God. Today, if you'll stand with me for the reading of the word Psalm chapter 11, verse 3. It's a question asked by the Solomons. If the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Question. Pray with me this morning. Humbling our soul before the presence of the King. God, we acknowledge you as the Christ, the Lord. You are the mighty God. You are the everlasting Father. You are the Prince of Peace. Lord, we trust in you this morning that you're able to do exceeding abundantly above what we're going to ask or even imagine or think you to do. Today in this sanctuary, I pray you to open our ears that we might be able to hear thus saith the Lord. Help our hearts to be established upon you, Lord God, with great confidence and trust and walking by you, Lord God, by your word, by faith and not by the sight that we see. God, I pray your blessings on my mouth as you anointed Isaiah, anoint me. God, grant me a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge and the discerning of spirit that I would be sensitive to the Holy Ghost to minister in this sanctuary today. God, we love you and honor you asking your help, your favor. Let the Holy Ghost move in the sanctuary and your face, shine upon your people today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. The Bible establishes the fact that thy word, O Lord, is forever settled, right? For the this is the, really the only stable thing that we have in our life today. Uh, our government has, has proven to us, our media, our news outlets, they've all proven to us that we can't put great confidence in everything said. But in this word alone we can put great confidence, knowing the fact that this word is forever settled, and at his word he will move and minister. So, today, as we study the word of God, you ever been around people that's knowledgeable of the word of God? We have, haven't we? I'm very thankful for my wife that she studies, but sometimes she uses it to her advantage. But Jay, I had a handful of stuff, and I hate carrying it. I take everything out of my pockets and stuff. I, I don't like being in church with a pocket full of stuff. So had a pocket full of keys. Had a hand. I said, put, will you put this in your purse? She said, what if I don't want it in my purse? I said, well, you know what submission feels like. Amen. Bless God. Thus saith the Lord. I, I didn't add all that. Uh, I said, well, you know what submission feels like. So she put it in her purse. and uh, She asked me yesterday, before yesterday or something, uh, about doing something. I said, well, what if I don't want to do that? She said, well, you know what submission feels like. I said, oh, no. (laughs) I I said, you've got this backwards. She said, no. The Word says submit yourself one to another. All right. Once we bought them books, <laughs> no nah, kidding. Whoa! Over the line. Stepped over the line there. I want to minister to you for a little while about what I feel this world's got to have—not what they need, what they absolutely must have—and what we are here to present to them and give to this world. When what is supporting, he said, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So when what is supporting is destroyed, what's going to happen to the structure? You know, there's things that we put great confidence in that has turned out to be not so strong, not so stable. People that we put great confidence in has often failed, come short. Why do some things last, and some things don't? as we look across this congregation this morning we're we're looking at people that's been in this for not only a year but years on end. We're talking about people that have grown up in this i I give great honor to to Sister Leach and Sister Leach for their stability of I, ever since I've known them, to my knowledge, since they were since they were birth they've been in this truth and, and and just stayed the course and, and has, has fought a good fight and, and I give high honor to them for their stability for them sticking through the, the good days and the bad days and just staying the course and I know as I look across this sanctuary this morning we're in the adult class and I see people that year after year year after year has stayed the course and you've fought that good fight and you're continuing on and I see no room for me to think otherwise for this upcoming year for you that you're just going to continue on in your quest to make heaven your home so the question that I ask why is it that some seemingly buy in and they stayed that course and there is no variance there's, no, there's seemingly no retreat that they just continue to go forward and some others seemingly struggle continuously is it just simple a choice is it simply making your mind up I, I don't know I don't know if that's the case for many people that consider themselves Christians today not talking about just a local assembly but many people that consider themselves Christians today they see little difference between themselves and others in the world that claim no religion When you think about this, we get up in the mornings and we go about our daily routine, and often our daily routine takes us right into the presence of other people that do not have any affiliation, or they're not tied to any religion, nor do they claim to be religious. So we're interacting, we're bumping shoulders, we're in the presence and if not careful, we will buy into the fact that we're going through the same problems they're going through. We're facing difficulties as they face. We have the same boss. We have the same paycheck. We have the same life. We everything. And if not careful, we will look at this and we will see very little difference in our life and in their life. As you age, as I look around, and I, I'm thinking differently in my 50s than I was in my 30s or in my 20s. As you age, you begin to look below the surface. You begin to realize that much of life is about platforms and agendas. And I realize now that CNN is just, not just trying to present a news program and give you the current news of the day. They've got an agenda. It's not simply checks and balance in our government that we've got Democrats and we've got Republicans and we've got this and, and we've got that. No, there's agendas and there's platforms and there's, there's a motive behind the things that is presented. I was talking to someone just the other day and they were talking about an individual that's in the apostolic ministry or in the apostolic movement and they are in the, I think they said they were in the CIA and they were making mention that what is released to the news agents and what is released to the American people is exactly what they want to be released. In other words, they're only giving out information that is going to promote or give you the information they need you to have. So much of what life is about, what we see on the surface, is what someone wants us to see. But if you and I will step back for a moment and we'll look a little deeper and we'll dig into this and get just a little bit below the surface, we also understand that Satan has an agenda and God has an agenda. And people, we're right in the middle of that agenda. We are, people are the most important thing on planet earth. We got to get a revelation of the fact that earth itself heaven itself, all of nature, seasons, plant life, animal life, everything was created for man, for me, for you. We're not created for this world. This world was created for us. And I believe as good parents want to present a a sanctuary setting for the baby that's going to be brought into this world, and they wanted everything just perfect, I believe God created a sanctuary. I believe that he created a garden. I believe that he planted everything that was good for sight and for food to nourish his prized possession, his prized creation that was man. We're caught in the middle of this agenda of evil versus good, if you will. So the very reason all that you have around you that you see is here is because of you. It's because of me. Solomon said, the found, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? I want to read that from the New Living Translation. Verse 3, it says, the foundations of law and order have collapsed. The foundations of law and order have collapsed. What can the righteous do? My mother was born in the 20s. We're getting ready to go into 2020. How different is this world than her world? The foundations of law and order have collapsed. Now this was the psalmist thousands of years ago writing this. Could he be looking into our day when things that was stable at one point is no longer stable? I'm not, I'm not preaching a gloom and doom. I'm ministering to you the fact that the church is needed today in such a way that we cannot fail God in this hour that we're living He's established me for this day. He's established you for this day. You weren't born in the 20s. You weren't born in the the 1800s. You weren't born in early Christianity. You weren't born when Paul and Peter were preaching this gospel. You were born for this day. And as David served his generation, and he went on to be with those that that that. passed on into the new life, so you are born for this generation and we are here to serve the Lord in His agenda for this day that we're living. People may forget what you say. They may forget what you do. But people will not forget how you make them feel. And this morning I want to help us as a church body realize we're here for a purpose. This sanctuary is designed for a purpose. We're here for an agenda. We're here. As Jesus said to, the, to Mary, I must be about my father's business. I'm going to do my part. When Peter said, you're not going to the cross, he said, get behind me, Satan. As Judah said, Or Judas came to kiss him and he said betrayest thou me with a kiss and he called him friend why because his friend is helping him get where he needed to be and that's on a cross so he could give his life that we might have life We need to understand that there is a reason for the church body to be here today and we need to step in and embrace the ministry that God has called us to and use the talent and the abilities that God has given unto us to further the agenda, to further the kingdom of God, to be busy about the kingdom, about the agenda, about the business. God's called us to. The foundations of law and order have collapsed What can the righteous do? Some of you all are in public education. And you see the collapse of what should be a stable environment. You see the collapse. Every one of us in here, no grandparents taking care of grandchildren as a primary caregiver. Every one of us know people. We know children. And I'm telling you, this is something that is absolutely dear to my heart. That's, that's, that's the reason that we, we jump on the opportunity. Can, you, can your church feed? And can your church provide food for a weekend for children that are underprivileged, that don't have food? Absolutely. Absolutely. If, if we have to do without a Starbucks, if we have to do without an extra gallon of gas to ride around and not, do anything in particular if we have to if we have to back off on some social media if we have to give up an iphone for an android if we have to if we have to scale back and get a cheaper version of something to feed a child that's got to be our heartbeat that we cannot fail in this last day if we have an opportunity to teach a bible study we can't fail in this last day there's got to be some stable moments there's got to be some stability if the if the foundations are destroyed what can the righteous do and my thought is the righteous can stand up on the word of God and all things might be shaking around us but there is a God in heaven that still inhabits the temple that he has designed and that he has made the foundations of law and order have collapsed what can the righteous do you and I know for a fact that what used to be stable 50 years ago may not be stable today. What separated people and gave identity 50 years ago may not be the same today. You, you can ask my daughters that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a stickler on some things. And I was I w- we were at Opryland, and man, I, I told my wife I said I got I got to use the bathroom, so I went to where men's and women's were, and the women's were, man it was backed out. I just praise God I'm a man. I mean, it was just it was backed out. I, it was a big line, and I walked into the men's bathroom and. I noticed a guy standing there and he had a maybe a six year old little girl with him. And my thought is, man, I understand, I get it. This little girl's about to use the bathroom on herself. She can't wait. My thought is, cover those eyes. Put your hands over her eyes, her ears. Man, if you're going in there, make sure there is nothing. That's my thought. That's his daddy thinking. Man, my little girl, maybe she has to go, but she's going to have eyes covered. She's going to have ears covered. We're going to walk in here. She's not going to see anything. The little girl was standing there. And, and as the stall opened, he took the little girl in for her to use the bathroom. And then he said, you stand out here. And let me use the bathroom, and I'm thinking, no, 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 no. Please, let's take this little girl back out to somebody else. And and hey, my wife's a good wife. She'll stand right here and she'll take care of your baby. She'll never. Uh, everything be all right. That's my thinking. I'm standing there washing my hands, getting ready to walk out, and I hear a woman's voice. And a mother walks in. Hey, oh, we're finished up. We're, we're leaving. She says, I can't wait. And she's there to use the bathroom. And I get it. I understand sometimes. Saint of God, my my thinking is when you come in, come in, let somebody lead you, have them hands over your face. And I'm, I'm wading into something. But what used to be a way of identifying, that's slipping by the wayside today. If the foundations of law and order are destroyed, what can the righteous do? We've still got to hold up a standard. We've still got to hold up the banner of God. We've still got to rely on the word of God. This world may not see. They may not blush. They may not have a problem. They may not care. But the saint of God that's been baptized in the power of the Holy Ghost has still got a foundation that we've got to rely on. we got to hold on to. We understand today we're dealing with a non-religious philosophy around us. We're surrounded by a non-religious philosophy of life. But that does not give any person an excuse to let down on anything God has brought into our life as something clean and holy. I want to read a little more because the Solomon goes on to give us an answer for the question in Psalms 11 verse 3 he said the foundations of law and order have collapsed what can the righteous do? verse 4 but the Lord is in his holy temple the Lord still rules from heaven he watches everyone closely examining every person on earth the foundations of law and order have collapsed what can the righteous do do we understand that in the day the temple was built where it be Moses is mobile or Solomon's Great temple, everything about that was considered holy. From the cups they used to the utensils to everything in that. Did you know that whenever they took the ashes from the altar, those ashes were holy. Nothing common about the temple. Amen? Nothing common about the temple. I need somebody to get an understanding this morning. The Apostle Paul comes along a few thousand years later and he said, Hey, do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? And we got to get a revelation in our mind and we've got to have the mindset today, There is nothing common about me there is nothing common about me I'm holy because I am that holy temple of God I am that clay vessel that God chooses to dwell within and I am the abode I am the place where God inhabits I am the temple of that spirit of the almighty that said let there be light and there was light when we step out of our house on Monday morning it might be another routine day but there it should never be anything routine about who we are and what we are we're not common Folk, we're not common people. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost, and there is nothing common about what God abides in. Whenever Moses steps out on that ground, he said, "Moses, get those shoes off. This ground's holy." Why? Because it was that was the presence, the manifestation of God. And you, in this sanctuary this morning, that have been born again of water and of the Spirit, you too can claim the fact that you are the manifestation. Is that too much? Is that stepping over the line? Because I believe that's exactly the way the Apostle Paul felt whenever he said, we are the ambassadors. It's as if Jesus Christ beseech you. I beseech you as Jesus Christ dwells in me. I'm speaking to you, and you see me as another human being. But what I'm saying to you is life. It is power. So we got to get a revelation of this day that we're living in because the foundations of law and order have collapsed. What can the righteous do? Verse 5, The Lord examines both righteous and the wicked, and He hates those who love violence. So the question what can the righteous do The reply must be given the Lord is in his holy temple You and I look around and we see a different different day We're dealing with children that have different problems maybe than what you and I grew up with. But we're here to help them. We're here to stabilize. We're here to give something that is a sure foundation, present it in such a way that it challenges them every day, that challenges us every day to be more like Him. Because we're surrounded. Amen? We're surrounded. And sometimes when we come into the sanctuary... Simple. Simply having a song makes us feel better already. Simply going through basic scriptures, just a simple lesson sometimes charges us and makes us feel so much cleaner and so much better that we walk out of the sanctuary. Was it anything great or deep or, or something we'd never heard before? Probably not. But simply being in the presence of God's people and being under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and hearing the word of God being read sometimes makes us feel better about ourselves than when we walked in. And we need to remind ourselves, I'm the light of the world today. I'm the salt of the earth today. Last year we were, may have been General Conference, may have been NYC. A gentleman came up to drop a child off for Kids Quest. One of the ladies working with us in registration made a comment. And we're dealing with people going to church. We're dealing with people that have paid good money to be in the presence of God and hear the voice of God. And he got very, very upset and acted in such a way that was not nice at all not pleasant at all Uh, he was upset and he was very vocal about the fact I'm upset and as leadership uh, you got to rise above some of the things that other people are doing because one person can be ugly doesn't give me the right to be ugly and so we take the high road we try to resolve the issue, we'll try to back away as much as possible, rules are still rules and life's still life maybe, but somewhere, and, and the lady took, the, took a back seat and stepped away and, and, and realized he's having a bad day, went on about our business, year changed, back NYC this year gentleman walks up to this same lady she's working with us again this year he said do you remember me and I don't remember her exact response something to the effect, I think you're the one that I made angry and he said I was having a really bad day I apologize to you I I want you to forgive me I shouldn't have acted like that I apologize and sometimes how we present something and if I could speak to you as I would a leader or someone in leadership, sometimes you've got to let people vent. And you've got to let them be however they're choosing to be for that day and, and step back. And, and a, good, a good rule of thumb that I learned when I was in business, whenever I worked at the dealership, is one of the managers. The owner of the company would tell us, You let people vent, do not engage them. You let them vent. If they continue to vent, you give them the option of leaving or calling the, calling the law. You don't engage them. This is not your fight. This is not your battle. You give them the option. You can either stop, you can leave, or we will bring somebody in that will help you stop. So whenever we're engaged in this world, somewhere we got to remind ourselves, I'm still the light of the world. I'm still the salt of the earth, and I've still got to lay down at night and realize I I did everything in my power to be a peacemaker. I've been everything I could do to make this resolve and, and be able to walk into my bedroom at night and lay down at night and say, this is okay. What can the righteous do? One thing that we've got to take into consideration wherever you are this morning the Lord's still in His temple. Is that all right? Wherever you are this morning, whatever you're dealing with, the Lord's still on the throne. And you've got to remind yourself daily, I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. And God's still in His temple. God's still in His temple. This is the temple of the Holy Ghost. God's still here. As we begin to look at this question and and look at the statement in verse 4 I want you to consider the personality or the attributes of God given to us in the book of Revelation because the book of Revelation lets us know that he is omnipresent right So whenever you're going through a struggle, you're going through the battle, you're looking around and everything you thought was stable is now crumbling. Everything you thought was going to be there for you in your old age is now gone. Everything you thought this is stable... It may not be so stable. You've got to take into the consideration my God is omnipresent. Wherever man goes, the Lord is in his holy temple. Regardless of what I see today, regardless of what I experience today, regardless of what I hear today, my God is still in his holy temple. The book of Revelation reminds us that he is omniscient. There is nothing you will experience, nothing you will uncover, nothing you will discover today that God does not already know. Something might be brought to your understanding, your revelation today, but God already knew that. Can I tell you, God doesn't freak out often? Is that all right? He's pretty well stable, right? You know, I'm kidding. He never freaks out. So just let you, let you in on that. Uh, he's, he's still stable. The other, another attribute of God is that he is omnipotent. There is nothing that man can do that is outside the power of God. Nothing I'm going to experience today that's outside the power of God. I'm wanting to encourage you today. To stay the course, there's nothing you're going to experience that God does not have power to deal with. Y'all with me? Know where you're going to go? That God's not in His holy temple. Nothing you're going to find out today by phone call or by wherever you get your information that's going to be unknown to God. So if you can step back for a moment and realize, as the scripture says, the the platform, the foundation of the law and order have collapsed. What can the righteous do? We're going to rely on an omnipotent God to have all power to deal with every issue of my life. I'm going, to, I'm going to rely on an omnipotent God that is able to secure me and keep me able to do exceeding abundantly above what I would ask of him to do. I'm going to rely on a God that knows everything I'm going to face not only in the moment but in the future. My God's already got a plan for my tomorrow regardless of what I'm going to go through today. My God is living already in my tomorrow. You know, many people cannot live their dreams because they're living their fear. Amen? Can't live their dreams because they're living their fear. And I don't believe that's God's will for you today. I believe God's will is for you to be able to wake up in the morning and know without a shadow of a doubt, my God's still on the throne. My God's still in the holy temple. My God is still present, never to leave me nor forsake me. My God's still with me. He's still able to secure me. My God is with me everywhere and everything I go through. But the question, what can the righteous do? You have to determine for yourself what you're going to do. When things around you collapse, when things around you is not what they used to be, what can the righteous do? With our two daughters, my wife and I, we try to give them very few options. Amen. You give children many options, it really confuses them. Their their mind is not geared for a lot of options. And the options we gave them were already okayed by us. Either one is okay, but this is your options. You've got two options, three options. Here's your three options. What do you want to do? And either three was okayed with us before we asked the question, what do you want to do? We need to narrow our options. We really do. Because I would like to establish this in the life of a lot of people I know, just narrow their options because they've got too many options. Amen? And we need to find our options right here in this word because no, no, if the option's outside the keeping of the word, you, you need to find an altar of repentance, anyways. So we need to narrow our options down to say what thus saith the Lord. We've got about three options here. Which one's going to serve us best for the hour we're living in? But all of them are okayed by God. He's already given us the okay through the word of God. This is an option for us. We're going to take this one. Amen? We've got to realize that today, as you and I live here, in this absolutely beautiful place in East Tennessee, not only does God know where we are, the apostolic church is not, fly, not, not flying under the radar of Satan either. Let me read you what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Rome. And I want you to be assured today God will always do His part. We need to establish a covenant with Him that we're always going to do our part. At least to the best of our ability, we're going to do our part. Romans chapter 13, verse 11, And that knowing the time, that now is high time, to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand, Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting, drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. Verse 14, But put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh, Fulfill the lust thereof. Well, you notice what Luke recorded in chapter 4, verse 13. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, speaking of Jesus Christ in the wilderness, when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for how long? For a season. In other words, it's not over. Notice the New Living Translation in verse 13 of chapter 4. When the devil had furnished or finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. An opportune time. I'm going to leave you for a season. But when another opportunity presents itself, I'm going to be back. Satan is relentless in his assault on the saints of God. Can I get an amen? amen. Satan is relentless in his assault on the saints of God. And here's the deal that I tried to present before to you before. You cannot see yourself as common. You are not another average human walking the streets of Claiborne County. I'm not talking of arrogance. I'm speaking of the temple. I'm speaking of something that has been consecrated and made holy by the presence of an almighty God. You cannot see yourself as common, you cannot act common, you cannot live common, you cannot be common. Everything about you, your mindset has to be holy. Because once you begin to believe you are a common person, you will begin to live a common life. And that is not what God needs in this last day when the foundations are destroyed. Law and order have collapsed. He needs somebody as a Daniel at age 17 whenever they said, you need to quit praying. And he said, I will not quit praying. We will put you in the lion's den. He said, that may be, I will not quit praying. I don't know exactly how old he was somewhere around 17 is what scholars say whenever he went into bondage. How unique to see a teenager so settled on what he'd been taught. How many times had he heard when he woke up in the morning, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. How many times had he heard walking down the road with dad, with mom? How many times had he sat down at a meal and he heard that... That word, you gotta love that God with every fiber of your being. You can't set any idol before yourself. You can't worship any graven image. And these three young men that were with him looked over and there's a furnace there so hot that it's gonna kill the soldiers that's gonna throw them in. And they said, if you do not bow down, we will throw you in. He said, You may, but we're still not bowing down. We're not even gonna go through the routine. We're not gonna give you the thought. I'm doing this, I'm gonna stand my ground, I will not bow to your pressure and that's what God's needing today it's a house full of old people and a house full of young people that's got their mind made up, I'm not a common person, I'm not going to act common, I'm not going to live common, I'm not going to think common, I'm going to be royalty, I'm going to be the king's kid, I'm going to be the child of God, I'm going to be the temple of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to be what God has claimed I am. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost and we need to shun all appearance of evil and do not give any provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Be stable in a very unstable place. So Satan is looking for an opportune time. And I'm not even close to getting into in depth of what I really had laid out for this whole service this morning. But in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 Your children Your grandchildren, your great-great-grandchildren, if God tarries people that we've never met, people that we will never see, need this in our life today for you to be sober. They need you to be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion. As a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Resist steadfastly in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So it's not you going through that temptation and you thinking, why am I tempted? Why am I going through this temptation? Why am I, why am I in this matter? What, 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 what brought this on? What, why is my mindset here? Why am I thinking this? Because if you look around, uh, the Apostle Peter said, your brother's they're going through that too. You're not unique. Amen? You're not unique. But God sees your affliction. He sees your temptation. He sees your struggle. He sees your mindset. He knows where we waver. He knows whenever we're doubting. He knows where we're at at all time. He knows we're flesh. He knows we're human. He knows we're dust. And in our time of weakness, I'm telling you this morning, in Jesus' name, His grace is sufficient for you. In your time of temptation to bail out, throw in the towel, and say, I give, I quit, I can't do this anymore, His grace is sufficient for you. His mercy is new every morning. He's here to help you through this day and see you into your tomorrow. He has a plan for your life. He wants you to live your dream. He wants you to trust him in all aspects of life where you step out and begin to live as if. God has already done this. I made mention last week of Florence Chadwick. She was going to swim 26 miles. And she said, when the fog set in, she had no bearing. She had no reference point. She could not see anything but the fog. And unbeknownst to her, she had swam 25 and a half miles of the 26 miles she needed to swim. And after 25 and a half miles, she was so drained and she was looking only at the fog. She said, get me out of the water. I cannot do this. And a day later when she contemplated the situation, she said, I could have made it another half mile, but I could not see anything but the fog. I'm telling you today in Jesus' name, God wants you to quit looking at the fog and he He wants you to begin to look at the word of God. He wants you to begin to look at the word of God that is forever settled in heaven, that he is a a God of his word, and we need to hold him to that word and remind him of that word and say, My God, I am your temple. I am holy before your eyes. I want you to minister unto me today. I want your strength to be made perfect, and I want your grace to be sufficient, and I want your mercy to be new, and I want to be strong in you because they that wait upon the Lord shall receive renew their strength right they shall mount up as wings as eagles i believe there is a god in heaven that's able to secure us when the world is unsecure but god has an agenda and he wants every home to be stable with adults that's stable bringing up children that's going to be stable bringing up children that's going to be sable. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. When Jesus Christ was going to the cross... Let me rephrase that. He was at the cross. He was going to the hill where they would crucify him. They said, carry your cross. And with all energy he could muster, he attempted to carry that cross. Amen? He picked it up. It was his intent, I'm going to carry this cross. I'll be hung on this cross, but I will carry this cross. But in his weakened state, he was unable. The cross was too heavy. He could not bear his own cross. And there was a man there. What was his name? Simon of Cyrene. Simon of Cyrene. I believe is the way you pronounce it. He said, "Let me help him carry the cross." I want you to think about that. What? We're talking about the Holy Writ here. 2000 years ago, and Simon's name's mentioned in Arthur Tennessee 2000 years ago. Why? What else do we know about Simon? You're shaking your head. But when I said, who was the man that carried the cross? You all said, Simon. Think about this. For one act, his name's mentioned 2,000 years later. What did you do that was so wonderful? Because we're talking about a a period of three and a half years plus the writing of the apostles in, in latter years. How many people's names could have been mentioned, but yet his name is mentioned? I'm closing. I want you to know when you feel like you cannot carry that cross and you're too weak, do not be ashamed to ask a Simon beside you. If my Jesus, who was God incarnate, could not carry that cross to that heel, there's going to be days I cannot carry my own cross and I'm going to need a Simon and I'm going to need some help. And I'm going to need somebody to come alongside me. And I'm going to need somebody to partner with me. And I'm going to need somebody to pick that up because I'm too weak to pick that up. But we've still got to get to the common place or the right place. We've still got to get to the, to the place where we're destined to be. But I might not and I will not be able to get there by myself. And I'm going to need you. And you're going to need us. And we're going to need one another. If you try to carry that cross by yourself, you may be buried under the cross. But there's help. There's help in carrying the cross. Stand with me this morning. If the foundation be destroyed, I'm pleading with every adult in this sanctuary today in Jesus' name. Be stable for another generation. Be stable for that young person that's going to look at this church and they're going to experience something they've never experienced before. A young man went to Tiger Mart. Is that the name of that store? Say it again. (laughs) The man in the know said, it's okay for me to call it what I called it for 200 years. Lee's Food Mart. He applied for a job. He walked into that place. My sister said, I'll hire you. And after a few days, few weeks, few months—I don't know the time frame—she said, "Why don't you come to church with me?" Your papal pastor's, doesn't he? As he came into this sanctuary, what, if I can remember correctly, he told me that he felt something he had never felt before. Is that right, brother? And that's been, I don't know how many years ago now. Time gets by me quickly. I'm thinking we had done something last week. And my wife (laughs) said, try three years ago. But he's still here today, working in the ministry. He was with us at NYC, Working Kids Quest. Why? Because somebody said, why don't you come to church with me? And he felt something he'd never felt before. I'm asking every adult in here tonight, or this morning, in Jesus' name, let's create an atmosphere that cannot be experienced anywhere else. Amen? Brother Chesser is over the men's ministry. Brother Chesser's preached here different revivals. Whenever he was on the evangelistic field, he's now at West Virginia, in West Virginia, ministering as a pastor. But as Sister Reinhardt takes the ladies for Princess Within to Women's Facility, he is now starting a men's conference in Men's Facility. And I can't remember where the location was. He's actually coming to Morgan County here shortly, and that's a ministry that you and I ministered in also. We did. Uh, 300. Uh, we we assisted Brother Hosack, Pastor Hosack, in Knoxville whenever whenever he was providing meals for 300 people, and we were there, and we, you and I baked and, and helped in that that facility. But Brother Ho, Brother Chester said he's getting ready to go into that facility. But what he what he made mention of this week, he said that he was in a prison and. Holy Ghost moved on a great number of them and they wanted to be baptized. And he said that he was there and he was baptizing and they were baptizing and they were baptizing and a guy was filming. They allowed one of the inmates to take a camera and and film what was going on. And one of the individuals with Brother Chester told Brother Chester, he said, you need to pray for the cameraman. He said, okay. He never thought much about it. He said, no, You don't understand. You need to pray for him. The Holy Ghost is moving on him. And he said that he was praying for him and realized this individual was a Muslim. And as he was filming them being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Scripture, the only name under heaven, given among men whereby that we must be saved, he said tears began to run down that man's face. And he said, while they were baptizing, he told somebody standing beside him, he said, here, you hold this camera. And he walks over and he steps into the water, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, the name above every other name. They may forget what you say. They may forget what you do, but they will not forget what they feel. And we got to create an atmosphere in here. We cannot take a service off. I'm not talking about not having service. I'm talking about taking a service off and singing almost a good song or preaching an almost good message. But we've got to preach our best message on a Sunday morning or a a Wednesday night. We've got to sing our best song, whatever the service time is because every person in here deserves the opportunity to feel what we felt when God called us to an altar of repentance and filled us with the Holy Ghost it's home folk today I want you to ask God to help you be ready for a new year because I want to see revival in all of our lives Amen I want to see revival in all of our lives would you find a place to pray this morning let's seek God for a little while and ask God ask God and trust God this morning Father, we love you. God, I'm so thankful to be surrounded with such great people, men and women that are holy, men and women that are consecrated, men and women that are sold out for the cause. God, in the name of Jesus, I want you to reassure every heart. I want you to establish a covenant with every individual. God, I want you to help all of us see the value, the importance of what you called us to do. God, in the name of Jesus Christ, let us walk together in unity, walk together in one accord, and see a revival in every life. God, we love you this day. We thank you, Father, for the morning you've shared and the ministry you've called us to, your opening doors that have been closed. But God, we praise your name and worship you, exalting and magnifying in Jesus' name. Pray right now, saint of God,